Old Gold Club. Old Gold Club. So hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows. Welcome along to another episode of Old Gold Club, My Golden Game. Delighted to say on this episode is the former Wolves midfielder, Jeff Thomas. How are you, my friend? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. Um, we kind of are catching you preparing for yet another bike ride? Yeah, we've been... <laughs> seems like we've been training for a year with COVID. We should have done the Tour de France Challenge last year. But for obvious reasons, it got postponed till this year. So we, we're probably about four or five weeks away from taking it on again, you know, over 2,000 miles in 21 days, a week before the professionals. Are you ever going to stop doing this? Um, I have said this is going to be my last Tour de France <laughs> challenge. I have said that before. People have uh, stopped believing me, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But I have said this is the last one, yeah. Yeah, I don't believe you. I don't believe you either. <laughs> it will be something else. If, it, if it's not the tour, then it'll be something else. But we have just signed a, a three-year partnership with ASO. We've actually put the event on, the tour on, the professional yeah. event. So we're, this year is to build on that partnership and make it a great success and then make it even bigger next year and beyond. So, yeah, because at some point you could take on like a, a Dave Brailsford, you know, director of it type role yeah. and just drive <laughs> along in the car behind. You don't have to keep putting yourself through this, Jeff. That sounds like a fantastic idea in a car. <laughs> I, it's a long day in a car, though. I think I'd rather be on the bike. You know, it's, uh, yeah, 10 hours and sometimes in a car, it's a, it's a drag, isn't it? So at least you're getting fresh air on a bike. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to find like short little days that I can attach myself to. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, because it, it's just remarkable. The, the reason I kind of bring it up is because, you know, we're talking about games that were, what, close to 30 years ago now, which sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and yet you're still going around on a bike around France. It's crazy. <laughs> what are you saying? What are you trying to say, Mikey? At my age? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I, you know, I would never... I would ne- If it was Tomo, I would, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but... Um, no, I think it's... It's a great way of me keeping fit as well, mentally and physically. You know, it's... Uh, and the main thing is, is raising awareness and money for a great cause. So that keeps me motivated for sure. Yeah. I, I, when I say that the games we're talking about are, you know, <laughs> decades ago. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Because it, it, it must be a crazy thing because so much of your life now has been post-playing. But football's such a thing that there's always an, an anniversary of something. There's an anniversary at, you know, uh, getting to a, an FA Cup final anniversary of uh, scoring your first goal, something in your own mind. But especially with social media now, there's always an anniversary cropping up where you're involved in, uh, either for or against, you know, is <laughs> good or bad. So, um, yeah, it, it is frightening that 30 years just seems to have flown by. Yeah. At, at what point do you stop becoming Jeff Thomas, the former footballer, and just, you know, you're Jeff Thomas, the fundraiser, you're Jeff Thomas, something different? 
You know, they, they still go hand in hand because Jeff Thomas, a footballer, is, is, is like, gives me a profile to get into meetings, to meet people that potentially could help us in the future. So it never goes away. I think um, football has definitely helped me in the past and hopefully it'll help me more in the future. So we're working on that. <laughs> <laughs> So your golden game, we are going back to the 18th of September, 1993. Now, when I approached you for this, you had a choice of three games. Mm. You went for this one. Before we do that, what were the other two that you attempted for? The first was the debut against Bristol City. Um, a game I remember fondly because it was like a great start. Sunny day. Bristol City fans were in the, the away end and they filled the, uh, the away end opposite the tunnel. And the ground wasn't built, uh, fully finished, but they, you could see what it was about to become. And so exciting just playing in that 90 minutes. And then my other game was Crystal Palace, my last game for Wolves, where we just fell short in the playoff semi-final, where I thought for a big part of the game, I thought we'd done enough. Because that's a, uh, I'm fascinated by these choices. Because Shea Olafanyana picked a similar thing for kind of a losing playoff for his, and and like on the on the outside of it, people will go, "How how do you pick a game that you kind of end up ultimately losing?" But there's clearly more to it that means more to you, right? Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I've got to be honest, I've cried twice on a football pitch. One when we lost the FA Cup final when I was in a Palace shirt. And once when I walked off that pitch at Molyneux, because for four years I wanted to be a part of um, a, a team that the Haywood family would be proud of uh, after investing so much time and money and, and love into the club. And I just, I, it did feel personal. And having to walk off feeling I've not been a part of, I'm not achieving that. It was a goal when I first signed under Graham Turner that... Um, uh, yeah, I wanted to be a, a, a side steeple, you know, a, a club hero mm. and elevate the club into where it should have been the premiership because everything was there ready for it. And and sadly, injuries, you know, it was purely injuries in that period to key players that stopped that happening. So did you feel a little bit of pressure then in that time because you were one of those that the club had invested so much in? No, I, I just loved the, I loved the pressure. And I, lo I loved, especially with the start. That's why with Bristol City, it kicked off so well. And we were on the march. We were actually playing good football. We were scoring goals freely. Uh, we were looking to invest in the team as, as the season was going on. And everything was in place. But then, like I say, it's, uh, I come to me, my game that I did pick, which was Sunderland. And it just ultimately sort of in 90 minutes explains my career at Wolves. It was, we got a win, 2-0. I scored probably a goal that put a lot of things to bed in my mind, you know, one-on-one -on -one with a goalkeeper and probably picking the ball up way deep in our own half. And, you know, it was the old Roker Park, uh, Sunderland, where the Sunderland fans were going frantic trying to equalise and I just broke away near the end and and scored the winner but you know there was enough time for GBH to be 
to be performed on myself and, you know, ending up on a stretcher at the end of the game. Um, probably summed up my career at Wolves. It started well and finished sort of stuttering, battling, trying to get fit. You'd scored a couple of goals in the build-up to that, albeit in defeats, but, you know, you'd, you'd been in kind of good form, I guess. I uh, Personally, I, I, you know, I, this challenge of getting Wolves into the Premiership was reinvigorated everything in me as a footballer. It's... Uh, I'd had six and a half, seven years at Wal- uh, sorry at Crystal Palace and uh, managed to get a number of England caps and getting them to the FA Cup final. So I felt I'd done my part at Crystal Palace. So it was a great chapter in my football career. And I, I looked at Wolves' chapter as being equally as successful. And like I say, I felt everything was in place. Everything was in place. Great signings. Dave Kelly proving goal scorer in that division. Kevin Keane, quality player. And and joining the likes of Tomo and Bully, Robbie Dennison. The quality was there. And it was just so frustrating not to uh, fulfil everybody's desire at the time. And personally, yeah, I did take it on my shoulders. And... I felt uh, I was in form enough to really sort of um, drive from the midfield with the likes of Paul Cook and others to to make it happen, you know. And I look back uh, fondly at my time at Wolves because it was a great, it felt like a family in many respects. And the fans were so passionate that um, and still get supported by them today. And I always find that... Um, Amazing, really, because I had in four years I played such a small part. Yeah. Um, talking of small parts, by the way, the opening goal in that game was scored by a player that I've legitimately had to look up because I, I never uh, heard of him. Mike Small. Yeah, he was on loan, wasn't he? Yeah, from West Ham. A big centre forward and yeah, trying to prove himself. And I think he scored with his backside. I think the keeper kicked it out and it deflected off his backside. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why Mike came along. Did we? I, probably we had an injury already. I think he, he was filling a void already that we, you know, Wolves had uh, picked up. Well, yeah, that? I remember that game. It's, it's like the, the Wolves fans were, were confident already with the season we kicked off these you know decent I think we lost against Middlesbrough that's on but we played ever so well against probably the favourites of that year uh, 3-2 I think it was but yeah. the Wolves fans turned up in the numbers like they always did and they were enjoying the day up until oh you know, they enjoyed the day they didn't know how bad my injury was until later so uh, yeah I still remember yeah. it like it was yesterday well, let's talk about that goal because um, I found it on social media uh, under a, a, a hashtag or under an account, <laughs> Forgotten Goals. And not only is it like brilliantly on there, I've just noticed that you replied to it and you were the one who brought up the England thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was saying right before. It did put something to bed in my mind. You know, it was probably the first opportunity I had one-on-one with a goalkeeper with so much space. 
and yeah, I, I had something to rectify. <laughs> and I had to make sure that I put, planted that one in the back of the net. And uh, I can look back on that goal with great fondness. To sad I didn't do it at Wembley in an England shirt a number of years before. But yeah, that's football thing. Well, I like the fact that like you're kind of owning that now in the same way that Chris Oelamo owns his Norway heel moment. Like, you've, 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 got to, you've got to. I mean, it's even today, you know, it's, it, you do search it out sometimes. Uh, and it is a small minority nowadays. And I get told that people have forgotten it. But I know certain people haven't. And it does influence what people thought of you as a quality of player. And it's, it's, it's something that you have to battle with. <laughs> That's what social media is all about. You take the good and the bad, but uh, you turn it round into a positive by making a bit of fun about it and, you know, asking people where it was. And they, then they reply Wembley and I said, who was I playing for? And then they say England. And I go, oh, okay. Yeah. I remember it now. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a case of a, Sort of um, making light of what was <laughs> a pretty bad mistake at the time. Well, I mean, you more than made up for it with the goal in this game. Um, talk us through it because you pick it up only a couple of yards outside our penalty area and then just set off, right? Yeah. And it, it, I think Sunderland were really pushing for the equaliser and we're under great pressure and uh I think their back forward really pushed all the way up. So they weren't, they were taking a risk with, with Bully anyway, getting over the top. But uh, I picked the ball up and it seemed to just open up. The, the centre half seemed to think that they were going to play somebody offside. And I just thought, right, there's a gap here. And I just knocked the ball through them and just used my, uh, my pace <laughs> and to get away and uh, stay clear. And then, yeah, I came up to that moment of one-on-one with the keeper and I just felt so confident because, you know, like I say, I felt at home straight away at Wolves and I felt with this keeper I was going to score, there was no way I wasn't going to score and just enjoyed the little celebration with the Wolves fans as well. There's just a great moment uh, of in the centre circle where two Sunderland defenders kind of come towards you and, like, I wonder what goes through the mind when you're, like, do I need to try and play this? Or actually, no, they're just not going to tackle me, so I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, that's, I think they were just so intense on just playing offside. They forgot about me with the ball. And I think it just <laughs> I just actually passed the ball between them and just carried on running. And they just sort of, I, I don't know, I just they, they just switched off for a second. And that was enough. And what I do remember is it, it was Mark Rankin that was uh, picked the ball up or something and, he was sort of waving to the Wolves fans to stand up and then went to the Sunderland fans who was <laughs> rounding around the, the stadium to sit down, you know, so they were giving us dogs abuse. But, uh, yeah, it was um, it was a good day, good result. But, uh, like I say, uh, ended sadly in, in personally. But uh, it's a game that sticks in my mind for sure. Yeah, I mean, I presume as much as you can picture that whole goal you can picture the challenge that went in on you just after yeah it was straight from the kickoff as well and uh, I've heard various stories uh, Mr Howie uh, came on with intent of doing some sort of damage and unfortunately I was the one closest to him um, at the time and uh, 
yeah, there was he he he, he was obviously showing his frustration, and in a fifty, well, I don't think it was a fifty-fifty. I think he just uh, took off, and I couldn't get out of the way. You know, I was my foot was planted, and that's re- the reason why it did so much damage. But uh, the it's always funny to take out of situations like this. And I, as I was lying on the floor, you, you don't move about when you know it's a serious injury. You, don't, mm. you know, like today, you, I think there's a, a screen meter of seeing how players react to a little tattle now, nowadays. But back then, it, it was a case of I knew there was some serious damage. So I just, I was laid there. And I remember Dave Kelly coming over, looking at my shin, and sort of nearly being sick, and, and that didn't really put me in in uh, <laughs> hope that this is going to be a short term injury. And then, then uh, Don Goodman, who was playing for Sunderland at the time, came over and he said, "You deserve that, you big show of heart." That was a polite version of what he said to me. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and then I think it was only a matter of weeks before Don came and signed for um, Wolves. So, yeah, it was a good introduction to uh, who proved out to be a very, very good mate since. Oh, I'd love to have been in that dressing room or in the training ground when when he walked in and you were like, yep. He came, you know, to be fair to Don, he came straight into the treatment room because I was still uh, recovering from the operation. And I think my, my leg was in some sort of brace and he just came in and... It, Don being Don, you know, a massive smile, came in, gave me a big hug, and then that was it, friends ever since. I mean, it's funny, though, because I was going to ask you, like, do you think partly that challenge was down to the fact that you just embarrassed them by scoring the goal that you did? Like, in that kind of weird footballing way, if that hadn't have happened, the challenge probably doesn't happen. Yeah, I think, yeah, you can look back in all different ways, can't you? And it's, it's like a sliding doors thing. If, if if we didn't wind the, the fans up and all that, the reaction might not have, have been the same. But um, it was a fiery place to, to play and uh, a, a place that footballers like playing on, you know, and uh, you take the rough with the, the, the smooth with, in places like that. So you, you make the most of it when you're winning. And... Uh, done the same at other places similar but uh, it was just my nature and it's um the players like winning and celebrating when you're doing well so yeah it was uh i don't know it was if it didn't happen i, I you just wonder what would have happened that season i'm not saying i was the key to getting promoted or not but i felt like i had a, a part to play and the way I started the season, I felt in in good form to make a difference at Wolves. And uh, it, yeah, it, I always look back thinking what could have been at Wolves. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because, I mean, given everything you've been through in life, really, I, I wondered how much you you kind of did that kind of thing and were like an if-only type person or whether you just kind of thought, you know, that's that's the hand that was dealt to me. You know, that the Wolves challenge and my injury and all that is the only if if what you know even my effort against France I enjoyed every single minute in an England shirt so I don't look back at that saying if I scored that I would have been become a, a 
a world-class player or played in the England shirt for many more years. I look at that just as an experience. But the injury at Wolves is uh, what if, if I didn't have that, the injury is so bad as that, uh, where would it have taken me in a Wolves shirt and would it have meant promotion and all that? Yeah, that's the only probably what if in my football career. Because it meant so much to me. It, it, it really did mean so much. I was passionate about um, getting Wolves to the top and I could feel the passion from the, cr- from the crowd and from board level. You know, even meeting people like Billy Wright. Um, Billy was such a, a nice guy and a, such a Wolves guy that you just felt the history of the place through him. And yeah, I just wanted to take it back to that level, you know, get the crowds back in and get it bouncing like it's turned out now. But um, yeah, sadly, I, I wasn't a part of it. Thanks for listening to the Old Gold Club. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts. Wolves Lottery is committed to helping Wolverhampton and the local community improve. Whilst giving fans the chance to win some fantastic money-can't-buy prizes, excellent Wolves experiences, as well as £1,800 given away every week. For more information and to sign up online, visit wolves.co.uk forward slash wolves lottery.